welcome to the Cabramatta Vineyard Church podcast. We are a missional community in southwestern Sydney that desires to be a preview community of God's generous rule and reign. For more information, check out cabramattavineyard.org.au. So I'm going to kick off today something that will become part of a bigger series called The Story of the Kingdom. And this is kind of like the context building stage, but God was also speaking to me about a whole bunch of other things at the same time. So... Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. So... I'm going to start off by talking about the both end uh, of the kingdom. As you journey through the Christian life, you're going to come to a realisation that much of Christianity is about living in the tension between two equally truthful realities. So often these are not clear-cut either or, or even 60-40, or even 20-80, but both end. The both end of free will and the sovereignty of God. Yeah? They're both 100% true and there's more. Christ was fully human and fully divine. The Godhead as three persons, one God. Personal salvation and yet salvation worked out through community. Lots of both end. <laughs> The vineyard's always been a movement that positions itself in the radical middle. That phrase was initially coined to describe being people who are both charismatic, pursuing the things of the spirit like Pentecostals do, but also from an evangelical theological position. The best of charismatic activity alongside the richness and depth of evangelical orthodox theology. And that's kind of where I'm at at the moment in the sense that I've lived my Christian life so far fully aware of the spirits movement and partaking in it and learning about it and being equipped but also receiving deep theological um, scriptural understanding through the through Greg and through all the people who've spoken but now I'm actually investing in it like on another level and it's like blowing my mind but it's really cool um so the radical middle has become a framework for how the vineyard tries to walk the line of holding that tension, all the many tensions we find in scripture. Um, and it's something the church worldwide tries to do, but I think the vineyard's really open and obvious about it. <laughs> so there's charismatic and evangelical. There's having mercy and working for justice. There's proclaiming the gospel and demonstrating the gospel. Move to the next slide. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rich Nathan, who was founding pastor of Vineyard Columbus in Ohio, America, in his book Both End, writes this, Both End does not involve advocating for the mean between two extremes or finding the average. Rather, it requires holding onto both extremes at once and realising the power that exists in the tension. It's a fundamental tension of the vineyard and now other parts of evangelical Christianity to find themselves placed within this theology of the kingdom of God, that the kingdom is now, it's here, 
it's available, but it's also not yet. It hasn't broken through completely. It's coming. So weaved into our Sunday teachings over the next season will be this series on the Kingdom of God that kind of tries to pull that out a little bit further. So this is fundamentally based on what I've been learning uh, in my two-year mentorship. I don't know if you know that I've been doing this. Uh, with this awesome dude, Derek Morphew. Um, he's a vineyard theologian uh, from South Africa, um, amazing pastor and leader. Um, and I'm doing this along with a whole bunch of global vineyard leaders and a little posse from uh, Australia and New Zealand. Um, so Derek's great vision in all of this is to equip and empower those of us who are already in ministry with deeper theological grounding. So we then use that to activate deeper theological grounding in our own midst, within our own churches. Um, so it's pretty cool. I've learned heaps. <laughs> um, and by the end of this, I hope you too will feel comfortable with words like eschatological and hermeneutics, because I know what they mean now. <laughs> like, I totally do. I don't even have to think about it. <laughs> That's all for today. That's all I have. I've come in today's talk on a bit of a wing and a prayer, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, there's time that I thought I would have for forming this just kept getting chewed up with other things. Very worthy and essential things. So come Friday, <laughs> after family movie night, we watched Jumanji 2, by the way, it was awesome. Um, I had a little bit of a panic and I said to God, I asked him the same question I've asked him very frequently and I asked him last week. What are you doing? And he's doing so much. So now, oh, I should say that the beginning of this talk, all that really cool stuff about both end, I ripped that off directly from our good friend Jonathan Ives um, from Centerpoint Vineyard because he has started this talk. He's a part of the mentorship as well. And he started this talk in his little church over in Centerpoint on the Northern Beaches. Um, so I'm going to move from that now into reflection on another talk given by a guy that I think is really, really cool, uh, Pastor Glenn Davidson. <laughs> so back in June, uh, he did a talk on 2 Timothy and starts with this. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people who love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They'll consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. So just a light little, you know, thing there. Um, and whether you're here or not, some of the things that he touched on was this idea that, you know, sometimes when you hear a verse like that, you think immediately of all the people you can apply it to, but there was embedded in there a kind of a call to look to yourself and think about, so how is this true for me? Is there something wrong? Um, so he talked about the termite-ridden tree and kind of called us from moving from a place of being judgy to being reflective, which also fits with the talk that I did on rest and thinking about how you can 
invest in things that grow your soul, that bring health. Um, and in Glenn's talk, he called us to remember the blessings of the Lord in Psalm 103, to serve out of love, not just duty, in Colossians 1.10, to press into prayer, to give generously, to not be ruled by busyness, in Romans 12.2, to always seek God's will in all that we do. And closed with 2 Timothy 3.14-17. But you, Timothy, but also us, must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you can trust those who taught them to you. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they've been given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes from trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realise what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good Good work. So Glenn's title for this talk and the subsequent podcast episode, if you want to go back and listen to it, was Is Something Wrong? And after I listened to it, because I was in with the kids at the time, my thought was, if there is, what next? And I think that's the season that we're in, is what next? But we've been asking that for a while now. So a million years ago in June, there's been even more shifts since then. Some really clear on the surface and some many more undercurrents, I'm sure, both personally and corporately. Um, on Wednesday, those who were able to gather and invest in discernment time about our church home and our continued role in connection to this place, the German Austrian Club, did a discernment time. And this is Liana's little picture version of what we were coming with, coming up with. <laughs> um, it was very sweet, actually, because those of you who've prayed with me before know that I sit there with my with my paper and my pen, and I, I just sort of scribe as it goes. And so Liana just kind of looked at me and did the same thing. Came sat next to me. <laughs> what you doing? Oh, I'm not going to do the writing. I'll do the drawing. So it was so cool to have it reinforced visually. <laughs> um, there are a lot of words. Um, and they're all at Vineyard Peeps now, if you want to have a look. And there's a lot bubbling. From last year when we met here and had that time where we asked, we prayed into the new year and we cast vision, to even this moment, there's just a lot. Here in the radical middle, we're really holding this tension between potential and reality, between rest and purposeful energy. And it can feel like a lot, but God is on the move. So today, I'm inviting you again to palms up, tune into what you feel like God is activating for you, for those in your midst, in your direct midst, for the church, for the broader community. And to kind of propel that in a way, I'm going to pull out three elements of the discernment of time and go into them a little bit more. So one of the common threads that came up uh, were threads from Exodus and these promised land reminders. 
So Judy got the verse from Deuteronomy 6, 10 to 12. When the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt and the land of slavery. And I got a verse from Joshua 1.4. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. So Paul also got these pictures of big bunches of grapes. And it's interesting that this picture of abundance appears to be very much the theme of those verses. Um, abundance that you didn't earn, abundance you didn't fight for, abundance that is just given to you. Um, above and beyond what may seem normal or appropriate. But if you look into the story of Joshua and Caleb, um, which Judy also raised in the discernment time, um, in Numbers 13, they all send out a group to go and check out the Promised Land, and a whole heap of them come back and they're terrified. There's giants there! They're going to eat us alive. Like, the whole thing is going to tear us apart. We're never going to make it. It's going to be awful. Like, and this fear spreads through the camp like poison. Just ripples through from one mouth to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. It's infectious and it takes over. But right in the middle of that, you've got Joshua and Caleb going, guys, we just brought back grapes. Like, that grape's bigger than this guy's head. There's grapes bigger than this guy's head. Over there. Hi. I love you. <laughs> um, and what they come into this conversation with is a servant spirit. And God says, these guys have a different spirit. They have a servant spirit. They are wholeheartedly following me. And they, they go again. And in the end, if you keep reading... These are the men who will take up the mantle of leadership from Moses. And I just thought it was really important to pull out that difference between responding out of negativity and fear versus what it looks like to see that stuff for what it is, but also see what God could do in the middle of it and respond from that place. So I'm just kind of floating this stuff up there because everyone is processing in their own way, fueled by their own reality and their own experience. I think that's an asset. I actually think that's really important. Um, but from this, I'd love to come up with more common vision and more like, what do we do next? So the second element that I'm going to pull out from that time is about foundations. Um, so, so Paul saw a picture of, well, you said Ayers Rock. I can't quite do that, Uluru. <laughs> and I know that there was something in that, but just a really big, big rock. And went down into the earth. Like, that's actually only part of what you see. It's like a big, big. Mm. 
So why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was so well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. We are being invited into a foundation building time. Not that there hasn't ever been a foundation before, but there does come a time where you need to rebuild it, you need to consolidate it, make it strong. And this very much feels like that time. So a question about what next is also about what is foundational. And then the last picture is about loaves and fishes. So Glenn mentioned that the loaves and fishes story of feeding the 5,000 is the only story that is repeated in all the Gospels. Um, and in that came this idea that, or this reminder that Jesus didn't walk in there and just go, Oh, <laughs> I am God, I am so God. And do it like this magical kind of way. He told the disciples to do stuff. Go and get what's available. Okay, cool. This guy's brought something. Now this is what you do with that. Now do it. Now take it. Out, 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 out. So Jesus chooses to use the people around him. And that's really important. Now, I really need Sherry for this next one, but she's just disappeared on me. <laughs> Do you want me to go get her? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> Sorry, I did mean to give her the heads up, but I haven't had time. And when I was going to message her last night, it was like 10.30. I thought, that's not right. Sorry, Sherry, I didn't give you the heads up about this. <laughs> But I was wondering if you would be able to speak into the Sturgeon Moon. Oh, yeah, sure. Because when we met up with Vicky and Tiara on um, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Thursday night, um, this was something that you spoke into life, which was really cool. Yeah. Can you speak it up here so it's all Of course. Cool? And it's so funny because, like, there's a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> just as you were asking that, I looked down and I was just like, I felt God say, Look down, and it was just gold shimmering. I was like, You're funny, Lord. And we just put it on the. So basically, um, ah, I got goosebumps. Um, as we had this moment, time too, we were talking a lot about um, this kind of stuff and what God's moving in. 
And actually, Emma Raya goes, Mummy, there's a full moon um, coming up. And I was like, Come out, she goes, Yeah, I think it's tonight. And so I looked it up and I was like, Okay, it's a super moon. And um, I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Something that Dad and I loved always was looking at space and stars and stuff. He had a cool telescope. So something that is on my heart. Anyway, so I was just like, Okay, babe, let's go have a look at like, what it is. And, and I don't know, I just felt to just look it up. So I looked it up. And uh, the one that happened, which was, I think, Days ago, it was over. It peaked over two. Yeah. Thursday. So it was Thursday, and Friday so its peak was at like at five thirty as it just happened at the time, it was just like, phew, like all this fish. But then I looked it up in different parts of the world, like in Africa, in different places, it's called crop moon or harvest moon. And basically what they all meant was that this is a time of abundance and the, the harvest is plentiful, you know, and it's time to reap what we've been sowing. And I just thought, how amazingly out is that? And so even funnier that when, like um, actually, so Vicky was actually meant to fly home yesterday but her flight got cancelled so I went to go pick her up and I didn't get to see the moon and right on which I looked at as I'm driving it's this like big thing I'm like, I can see cheese on the moon <laughs> 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 it's got patterns on it. I was like oh my gosh but it was just so all like literally that my my jaw automatically dropped like it was jaw dropping and I was like Lord how good are you that even like in whatever uh, capacity we have we don't have much or whatever, we give to you, but you just give us and what you give us. And just intentionally choosing that and to see it. And so even like what Greg was saying, like it was so fleeting, you just heard ears, but I'm gonna say it and we'll see what happens from it. Like the Lord's like, look down. Okay, oh, there's a dollar. It's just all these things that he's speaking all the time and it is a season for it and it's happening because it's a time of promotion as well and, and an abundance. And I'm quite excited by that. And, I like looking at your faces, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, while we're on the topic of space, on Wednesday night at my school, I'm running a National Science Week program. Um, we're just calling Stargazing on the Oval. Oh, cool. So I'm just going to be there from 6.30 till 8, um, taking people who come on a guided tour of the night sky. Uh, sausage sizzle as well, uh, free if you'd like to bring, if you're interested in that sort of stuff, um, come along and if they ask you who you are, just say I'm friends with Greg. Um, uh, so that's on the back oval, so coming in off Angelina Crescent, it should be fun. We'll be having our open space there, so come to our place, you will need to go to Cabramatta High instead. <laughs> if you have binoculars or a telescope or something, bring those too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's... I just feel like I keep having these conversations with people and God is on the move. It's really exciting. It's just, I think everyone... It's not always necessarily like... It, it's not always that it's all coming together. Like, it's obvious what is happening kind of thing. It just feels like a time of flux, but a time of hope, um, of investment and vulnerability, of unifying with purpose and love under God's banner, but also with each other. 
it's very much something that's happening very intimately, but also very communally. And so where I'm going to land with it today is in two places. One is, I don't know if you saw the big, big sign out the front there, but there's an expression of interest for this place. And as part of the discernment time, it became clear that we should write our own expression of interest. And Jill got that going with some amazing things, and Paul enhanced it. Um, so I'm planning on tidying everything up, pulling it together, and sending it off in the next couple of days. I don't know whether that what's been given as part of that picture is, is all of it, though. And so one of the things I'm asking today is, let's actually pray and write into what, what might be missing or what might need to be added, something that you feel like God is saying, don't forget this element. Um, so some of the things that Jill and Paul have come up with are pop-up flexible spaces to be developed with the Chamber of Commerce and Business to test ideas and strategies and increase the commercial viability of the German Austrian Club. Regular dances and events uh, that could be alcohol and drug free, could provide live entertainment, um, that could be aimed at, at young people, at 18 to 25 and young adults. Uh, disability group uh, movements. Uh, so Jill's already got some very exciting ideas um, in terms of training for catering um, and hospitality um, because we have the cafe space downstairs. It's not being used. Um, would there be a way that we could kind of activate that and serve the community by providing the service? Um, dancing and drumming groups, um, feasting and blessing for the outcasts and those who need support, welcome dinners for new migrants, um, a space for cultural events, um, partnering with local governments, the arts, NDIS, a contact space for dementia support for people and their families in the community who become isolated, a contact space for people with disabilities who are also isolated, a green space, a garden, a community garden that locals could invest in, um, and just a space. So this sense that it doesn't have to become uh, just another business. It can actually become something very powerful that we are integrally a part of. Now, if you're anything like me, that stuff comes with a back end to it that says, well, who's going to do that? <laughs> I'm doing this already. Who's going to do that? I feel like that's the stuff that's going to come. I think the vision is important. And the investment in that vision is important. The practical, I think, will be surprising in the sense that um, I think all God is asking us to do right now is to think about how you could use your skills, your influence, your connections to bring new life to this building, this church, this community, these people, this place. I think he's just asking, what's resonating? What can you bring? What can you speak into? What can you land? Um, what would you dream for this place in this area? if there were no boundaries. Um, so I'm going to put some paper and some pens on everyone's tables uh, to write down what you're thinking in terms of that. 
But I also think that this is a broader call to affirm what you think God is doing uh, that maybe doesn't even have to do with this space or this church. <laughs> you know, those relationships that are getting sparked and activated again. Vicky and Tiana being here, like, that's just, it's an answer to a very, 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 very persistent prayer. Um, and so even that has been just watching God do things without having to work hard for it. Um, so just think about the things that, that stick and connect. Think about the people in your lives who really need God. Um, for me, it's resonating with what I feel Jesus has been saying to me about us being the church of the lost and the found. Um, it's about bringing the lost parts of ourselves to Jesus again and bringing the lost parts of our loving community uh, or bringing that to our loving community so we can be found afresh. It's also about the lost around us, in our families, in our friendships, in our workplaces, in the shopping centre and on the streets. Timmy B had a picture on Wednesday night of us panning for gold in Cabramatta Creek. That, that's Liana's version there. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> we are surrounded by people who are seeking faith. And some in all the wrong places. Part of the next step is to talk the talk. To dream loudly and pray fervently. To express our interests and propose bold things. But what's next also involves walking the walk. And that takes us out of our comfort zones and into uncomfortable places. If Jesus is with us, if we do this together, that makes it a walk out of my comfort zone that I'm much more willing to take. So to finish off, I'm going to play a song that stirs my heart of compassion for the lost and reminds me of how important it is to connect people to the I am who wants to be found by everyone from all corners of, corners of the earth. What are you doing, God?
Ooh. 